Well, we have a wonderful Savior. We have a wonderful book. Hallelujah for the Bible. I'm looking at some verses over First Corinthians. I just like to read them. I may preach on them tonight. First Corinthians 4, verse 18 through 21. Now some are puffed up as though I would not come unto you, but I will come to you shortly if the Lord will, and will know not the speech of them which are puffed up, but the power. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. What will ye? Shall I come unto you with a rod, or in love, and in the spirit of meekness? Oh, that we'd have and pray the power of God on ourselves and on our ministry. We are a powerless people. Our churches are powerless to meet the needs of the people. We're so lacking in prayer. Our power comes from prayer. And little prayer, little power. No prayer, no power. Much prayer, much power. More prayer, more power. Remember many years ago, and I used to put on my, on my little uh, mirror, pray for power. And I put on my car, pray for power. I'll tell you, if we don't have power, we're just a... We're just working in the energy of the flesh. And the flesh profiteth nothing. Not one bit of profit from the carnal mind or the carnal talk or the, the things that are fleshly. In my flesh dwelleth no good thing. I want to preach to you this morning about the, the deliverers in the Bible. All that were used to deliver people from bondage, from captivity, from slavery, from sin, from their self, and from hell, they all had to suffer. And it seems like they all had to suffer much. So why should we think that we're any different? Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was so misunderstood. I've preached the sermon before on Samson, and uh, probably the most misunderstood man in all the Bible would be Samson, if it were not more so of our Lord Jesus Christ. For the natural man doesn't understand the God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ. He was so misunderstood. Why would you think that we as his servants, would not have to suffer. For we are not greater than our Master and our Lord. We are less than him. Though he lives within us, we're still living in a carnal body, a body that's going back to the dust, and our soul going back to God who gave it. And so this matter of suffering, the deliverers, all suffered much, so will we if we are a great deliverer, if we are used of God to deliver people from the bondage of sin. And sin is what destroys us. Sin is what discourages us. Sin is what defeats us. And those that are not saved, sin is what will damn you to hellfire forever. You don't get your sin taken care of. Amen? I told um, Brother Jameson, I was calling up there, and I got up with the Stacys, who we've known up there, Pastor Magnuson's church, and I told Mrs. Stacy, I said, this is Hellfire Harvey on the phone. And then Brother Jameson, I'm looking for Brother Jameson. And, uh, and he said, this is, this is, uh, this is Hellfire Jameson. <laughs> I said, well... We need some hellfire and brimstone preachers. I'll tell you what, what, more people get saved when you preach on hell probably than any other subject. For the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of, of knowledge. People have not even gotten to first base with God until they learn to fear Him. Fear God. Some people say, well, you should not be in dread of God. I think even after we're saved we would do well to be more in dread of this great and holy God 
I don't think it has to be Hurricane Isabel coming on the scene for us to have a dread and to tremble in his presence. He's a great and glorious and terrible God. He's wonderful. And you know what that means? That we're in awe of him. Wonderful. And so he's so great. Well, uh, Christ was bound. But I want to look at a couple of verses over in Genesis, please, for I want to speak mainly about this man called Joseph, although I want to use some others who suffered as well in their adversities, in their times of troubles and trials and testings. There's great hope in the Lord. In Genesis chapter 37, first, if, if you will, turn there and let's stand to our feet in honor to the Word of God as we read a few verses from the infallible book. And they come from the infallible God. Amen? We're going to an infallible heaven one day. By the way, if you're saved by God's grace, the infallible Christ lives in every believer. That's why we ought to be concerned about where we go what we think and what we say and what we listen to and what we allow our eyes to be cast on and our minds to be thinking about. For the Holy Christ of Calvary lives in our bodies and, and you know what He lives in? Isn't that something? The Holy Ghost lives in every believer. Do you see why we should be holy? Do you know why we're instantly holy? Christ liveth in me, the Bible says. And He lives in us in the person of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost of God. In chapter 37, verse 28, we'll begin there. Then there passed by Midianite merchantmen. And they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. And they brought Joseph into Egypt. Reuben returned unto the pit, and behold, Joseph was not in the pit. And he rent his clothes, and he returned unto his brethren and said, The child is not, and I, whither shall I go? And they took Joseph's coat and killed a kid of the goats and dipped the coat in the blood. And they sent the coat of many colors, and they brought it. To their father and said, This have we found. Know now whether it be thy son's coat or no. And he knew it and said, It is my son's coat, an evil beast hath devoured him. And Joseph was is Joseph is without doubt rent in pieces, and Jacob rent his clothes, and put sackcloth upon his loins, and mourned for his son many days, and all his sons and his daughters rose up to comfort him. But he refused to be comforted and said, For I will go down to the grave unto my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. And the Midianites sold him. I wanted this, these two verses because here he's sold twice as a slave. Sold twice. I don't think I would like to even be thought about being sold by, by my parents, my brothers, anybody. And here, Joseph, the perfect, most perfect type of Christ, is the one in his innocency who is sold again. And the Midianites sold him into Egypt unto Potiphar, an officer of, the, of Pharaoh's, and the captain of the guard. Now over to chapter 40, verse 18. 40, verse 18. And it came to pass, no, that's not it, 14. But think on me, when it shall be well with thee, and show kindness, I pray thee unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. Here he's put in prison for doing Good, And then down to chapter 41, verse number 1. And it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by the river. 
here. Joseph is at least two years, for all we know, maybe five years in prison, in jail, for doing that which is good. But then when the word came, he was brought out of prison and went to the very palace itself. Let's bow for prayer. Father, we pray thy blessing on thy word that we've read this morning. Minister to our hearts, our Father. Help us to realize that many who have suffered for thee, who have been used to be great deliverers and sustainers, as Joseph was, and as our lovely Lord Jesus, our heavenly Joseph, the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Redeemer, our Friend, our God in Christ. We pray, our Father, that we would see how He was bound for us, and Joseph was bound in prison for us. And yet, dear Lord, our Savior came out of the grave, and after He was bound to the cross, taken off the cross, put in a grave, and three days later came out of that grave, and He's alive forevermore, never to die again. We praise Thee for Thy grace and power. We pray, dear God, that we would want to be willing to suffer for Thy name's sake. For those that might be here without Christ, may they see that Jesus loved them and died for them and paid their sin debt at Calvary. And all they have to do is by faith look and live. Look unto Christ and be born again, realizing it's the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. May they see that this morning and be wonderfully saved. And then we that already know thee as Savior, oh God, may we be willing to suffer for thy name and to suffer for the gospel to suffer to be the testimony we ought to be and want to be, that we might be pleasing in thy sight and hear that. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Help us, we pray, and bless the word in a special way this morning to the hearing not only of our ears but our hearts. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. In Psalm 105, I'd like you to turn there with me, Psalm 105, because this is another place that speaks of Joseph, and it tells all about how he's bound there in the prison. Many, many portions of Scripture tell about uh, Joseph, but 105, verse 17, we'll start there. He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant the price of a slave, whose feet they hurt with fetters. He was laid in iron until the time that his word came. The word of the Lord tried him. He was tested. And the king sent and loosed him, even the ruler of the people, and let him go free. He made him lord of his house and ruler of all his substance, to bind his princes at his pleasure and teach his senators wisdom. So here we have that Joseph was not only sold as a slave by his brothers who had contemplated earlier killing him, but here he's sold into this caravan that's going down into Egypt, and then when they get down into Egypt, they sell him again. Nothing but a slave on the slave market. And yet he's God's man. He was favored by his father. His brothers did all this. They envied him. They had hatred in their heart for their brother because his father made him a coat of many colors and favored him because he was the youngest son until his brother Benjamin came on the scene. And here we have that his feet were hurt in prison. But praise God, he was loosed at a time. By the way, while he was in prison, this is very interesting, that uh, as I was studying for this message, and uh, one of the commentators said that many other commentators agreed. You know, there were two. There was the butler and the baker. And the butler was the one who uh, was the cupbearer to to Pharaoh. And he'd been put in prison. And so was the baker put in prison. 
And they had a dream. And Joseph was put over, by the way, over the, all the prison because the Lord was with him. And the Lord prospered him. And he'd been put in prison, you remember, because of the sin of Pharaoh's wife who tried to lure him into sinning with her. And he said, I cannot sin against God and do this wickedness. Your husband has given me everything in the house and, and I'm over everything, but it's wrong for me to go and sin with you, for you are his wife. And then he had to run for his life and she got his coat, but she did not get his testimony. He lost his coat, but praise God, he had the armor of light all about him. And then he's put in prison. She kept the coat up, and she told the servants that he tried to rape her, sin her with her. And the lie was believed by her husband. He couldn't see through her lying life, could he? Potiphar. But he puts Joseph in prison. And as I read the commentators about this, they said that Joseph was heartbroken there in prison. Just like he was heartbroken when his brothers had put him down in the pit and sold him and talked about killing him. His heart was broken that he was put into jail in prison, in the dungeon it says, for doing right and for not sitting with Potiphar's wife. And yet he was put in there with a, a terrible, terribly false accusation over his head. of something that he had not done. And it broke his heart. It would have broke your heart to have this happen. And no brothers around. No father around. And so he was bound. And our Savior was bound and taken there and captured and put into prison. Kept him up and then took him before these different ones, high priests and so forth. Before Pilate, he was bound as well. Paul the Apostle was bound. If you look in, he was in prison, wrote the epistles. From They were called prison epistles. Have you ever been in jail for the Lord Jesus Christ yet? The time may be coming. It happened, Paul the great apostle, the Lord let him suffer. He made others suffer, and the Lord let him suffer. By the way, what you sow, you reap. That even goes for Pastor Harvey. What I sow, I reap. I need to sow to the Spirit, not to the flesh. Joseph sowed to the Spirit. You say, well, I don't know why all this is happening in my life. Look at the ones who were used of God to deliver others. They went through all kinds of trials. Paul, the apostle, shipwrecked over and over again in perils of mine own countrymen, perils of my own brethren. Think it not strange when you're caused to suffer all the trials of life. Don't think it's strange or something strange is happening unto you. You're a Christian. Christians are to suffer. All who live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. You ought to think it's strange if you never receive any persecution. That's what you ought to think, Christian brother and sister. If nobody ever speaks poorly of you because you're a Christian, then that's just normal. But if they never speak something about you that, and, and criticize you and find fault with you, then I wonder if you're really the normal Christian. Brother Hugh Wall and I were out visiting yesterday, and I was telling him, I said, Brother Godfrey's coming in a couple, couple of months. He's coming in November, the early part. He can't make it for the His Baptist Church. I tried to get him to come then, but he, he already had his schedule and wants to be up there Thanksgiving. And Brother, I, I said, Brother Wall, how much, how do you think Brother Godfrey's been mistreated? He's Mr. Soul Winner. How many people do you think have ordered him? I said, as sweet and kind and, and, and loving as he is, I'll tell you, he's probably had people spit up. 
as many doors as he's knocked on. You go out and do as much soul winning as Brother Godfrey. I think he's had a few doors slammed in his face, don't you think? I don't think so. I know out there myself. And I'm a pretty sweet fella at, one, as, at times. I try to be pleasant at the door when I go door knocking. And some people, I don't, they don't care how pleasant you are. They don't want your Jesus. They don't want your Bible. They don't want your God. They just, they, they hate you as soon as they hear why you're there. Remember, reminds me of the time when I was up in Roper Mountain Road up there in Greenville when I was in Bible college. Had a big cigar in his mouth and came to the door and I said, I'm Jack Harvey and I'm uh, out here just telling people about Jesus. And he took my track and threw my track down. He said, you get out of here. Get out of here. I don't want to be nasty as the devil. Well, I just dusted my feet off as I was going. I didn't take my shoes off, but, but I've got the kind I could do it now. I, I should have just taken my, if I was back there in the young, I didn't know too much then. And I'd have just gone like this with him. Wipe the dust off my feet to you. Pastor Magnuson did that with a, a church that he left. They mistreated him so badly when he was alive. But oh, I just, in in my spiritual mind, I dusted my feet off, went to the next door, and they received me gladly. Wouldn't have been too bad if I'd have gone home, you know, like a whipped puppy dog, because I had a bad visit. No, I went to the next door, and they really, really treated me like glory, amen, beautifully. Just keep on going on. I pitied the fellow. Judgment of God on him, treating God's servant like that. You know what Jesus said? He said, it may well be better for Sodom and Gomorrah than for those that mistreat my servants. So you're just doing what you do for Christ, but you've got to learn to suffer. Paul was bound. You know, even Moses, in a sense, he was bound because he, he had to go for 40 years in the wilderness because of the sin of unbelief of the people. 40 years he had to wander. Because of their lack of belief going up to Kadesh Barnea. Then, the second one I'd like to... By the way, it says that the patriarchs in Acts chapter 7 verse 9, it says the patriarchs moved with envy, moved with envy, sold Joseph into Egypt. But God was with him. Envy. Oh, people envy you. Some people, they just envy you. They did that with Joseph, his brothers. Why? Because he was the favored son by Jacob. What about Abel? Why was Abel killed by Cain? Because because he he was good and he was righteous. And that made Cain angry. He rose up and slew his own brother. The firstborn man in all the world became a murderer. That was brought out so wonderfully in the Sunday school lesson this morning, how that only one, one commandment was given to Adam and Eve, don't touch, don't eat of the tree. And they couldn't even keep one commandment. And yet we think we can keep them all. Well, the first man couldn't even keep one. First man and woman. Isn't that sad? God said you can eat of every tree of the garden, but just don't eat of this one. And they, they just had to eat of that one, didn't they? Boy, are we not a... Mixed up, messed up crowd, are we not? And we're from Adam, so don't think you're so great. We're we're all from Adam. Envy. And our Lord Jesus Christ, he was envied. It says it in the Bible over and over again. He was envied. Then Moses was envied. You know what? They came and they said, oh, oh, uh, you're, you're better than all of us. We all can get in touch with God. We're as holy as you are. Oh, people would envy the man of God. And then Paul. Oh, how they envied Paul, called him a troublemaker, all these other things. They said the whole world is going after Christ. These are the men who've turned the world upside down. Paul, the apostle. And we will have to be envied too if we're going to be like Jesus and like Joseph and like other deliverers. They will envy us. They will want to bind us. They'll want to stop our mouth from speaking. But God says, go, stand and speak. And then Christ was accused of blasphemy. 
Was that not true of our Joseph as well? Joseph, his brothers, they, he had these two dreams. He dreamed, first of all, that all the brothers would bow down to him. Then later he dreamed another dream. They were upset with the first one, and he comes up with another one. God gave him the dream. So they were upset with God. And he said, the sun and the moon bowed down to me, and all my brothers bowed down to me. I saw it in my dream. Wasn't he an innocent little 17-year-old boy? He was just excited about Jesus. Amen? The Lord was his friend. The Lord was working in his life. And he, he was so faithful to his father, Jacob. And he's just going, I say, I had another dream. They hated him more. They hated him for the first dream. <laughs> then they hated him for the second dream even more. Even his father didn't understand what he's saying. But it all came to pass. They'll accuse you of blasphemy. They'll accuse you of not loving people. By the way, brother, I want to see that. I've never seen all those things, that I, those sayings. If I'm lined up with Hitler, I'd sure like to see who in the world that is. This was in the Sunday School lesson for you that didn't get here. And it was very interesting. He says that I'm on the Internet. I knew I was on the Internet because of the witchcraft fight we had three year, two or three years ago. They names all over that bunch of people. Well, they got my one Bible verse. I want to see if they've misquoted me and the others. So that's the whole thing. The one, they didn't misquote me. I gave them one verse. Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. And it went around the King James Bible verse. Glory be to God. If nothing else, they found out what we believed about witchcraft. And God cannot change his mind about it either. It's a dangerous thing to be a witch. Evil thing, wicked. Moses was accused of taking too much upon himself. Paul was accused of blasphemy and, and then the resurrection, claiming that Christ was alive and then they wanted to kill him. And we will be accused of all kinds of things. Our Savior, they said he claims to be God. And yet he was God. Did you know that's one of the major reasons they put Jesus on the cross? Was the fact that they said he, he claims to be God? He's, he's I think it was the high priest or the priest said, we've heard him with our own ears. What more? Crucify him. What more do we need? Crucify him. Crucify him. And they did. They crucified him. For blasphemy, supposed, supposed blasphemy. You're going to be a great deliverer. You're going to have to learn to suffer. Christ was misunderstood all through his life. Jesus was misunderstood. Joseph, the Bible, Joseph, he was misunderstood by his brothers, by even his father. Moses was misunderstood so often. Paul the Apostle was misunderstood. And we will be misunderstood by people. We will mean well for people. And they will say we're full of hatred. We will say, thou shalt not. And they don't know that we're on God's side because God says thou shalt not. We'll tell them you, your works can't save you. You're saved by grace or you're not saved. You'll trust the blood of Jesus Christ or you'll go to hellfire. With a little bit of hellfire preaching today, or even being mentioned today, I'll tell you what, they're sure not going to like our preaching much anymore. The little kids don't hear enough preaching on hellfire. We had a missionary come through here who was totally blind. He stayed at our house. And he, he went around the backyard. He found his way in the backyard. He prayed in the morning. And he went around the, the little uh, patio uh, concrete out there and just walked around and around and around. And he prayed in the morning. And he just walked around there. He found his way. You know how many steps it was. And then he walked around. And he said that he was in one church and he preached on hell to the kids. And the pastor stopped him. He said the parents... The parents um, think you're too graphic about this place called hell. You know what I told them? I said, preach on it. The next time you go there, preach on it more than ever. I care what the pastor said. People are crazy today. Amen? I think a man maybe who doesn't have any eyes at all, he might be able to depict better than we who have eyes. Scared the kids. Well, that's a good idea. I know a lot of people that got scared into believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. And they're going to heaven now 
Many I've, of the ones who get saved, many of them, I, I don't know that I was afraid of hell when I got saved. I just wanted someone to love me when no one else would. And I found out Jesus was the one. Amen. But a lot of believers, a lot of truly saved people, they got saved because they were afraid they're going to go to hell and burn forever. It's not that I didn't believe in that place, but I don't think I was under conviction about that matter when I got saved. Oh, we need to realize that. And then Christ was hated. Christ was hated. Joseph was hated by his brothers. Moses was hated. Oh, they said, let, let us go back. You brought us out in the wilderness to die of no bread and no water. You hate us. We want to get another, another leader and take us back to Egypt with the leeks and the onions. We're tired of this, this light bread. They hated him. Paul the apostle was hated. Oh, they wanted to kill him as he stood on the steps there tried to, to beseech them again. And by the way, you will be hated too. You will be hated for the gospel of Christ. If you try to deliver people from their sins, you'll be hated. They hated Paul because of what? They, were, they, they took away their idol worship of Diana, the goddess of the Ephesians. And that woman at Philippi behind them and saying, these are the servants of the Most High God, and Paul heals them. Heals them, and then they're they're without their merchandise to merchandise her and make money by her. She got saved by the grace of God. Christ was mistreated. Joseph was mistreated by his brothers. Moses was mistreated. Christ was surely mistreated, even by his own disciples. Sometimes, Peter, be it far from you, Lord. You won't go up to Calvary. You won't go to the cross. And Jesus said, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. He said, to Satan, he said to Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Satan was talking through Peter at that moment. And he had just said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said, Flesh and blood hath not revealed unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Thou art Peter. The stone, and I will build my church on the profession that you have just given. I will build my church on myself. You'll be hated. Misunderstood. Moses was misunderstood, and you'll be misunderstood. And Christ was killed. Joseph was like being killed. They brought back the garment. Oh, but I have to get back to that. Well, that I, that's very interesting. I don't want to miss that part. You know, there was the butler and the baker. And there were two on either side of Jesus. You remember that? Remember the cross? There were three crosses. Jesus in the midst. And the one died and went to hell, cursing. And the other one was saved. And Joseph brings his dream, the dream of the butler and the baker, in the prison... And the one went up and became the cupbearer again and forgot Joseph for two whole years. He said, remember me, I'm tired of this prison life. <laughs> Even though he was over the whole prison, he said, I, I'm tired of being in this dungeon. But that butler went back to his, the dream that was interpreted by Joseph. He went back to his position. But what happened to the other one, the baker? He said, oh, I'd like to hear about my dream. He said, they'll hang you. It's Pharaoh's birthday in three days, and within three days, you're going to be hung. And he was hung. One on either side of Jesus died in his sins. And Jesus died for their sins. But praise God, one man died to his sins. And he lived. He said, today thou shalt we with be with me in paradise. You know what Joseph said there? Joseph said, remember me. You know what the thief said to Jesus? Remember me when thou enterest in thy kingdom. I think there's a real likeness there. Butler and Baker, one goes to, out into eternity. The other one is blessed and lives. So it was on the cross. Life and death, eternal life or death. And so Moses, the same. How they tried to kill him. And then Paul was killed at Lystra. He maybe literally died at Lystra and was brought back to life. 
What does it say? In deaths often, Paul said. In shipwreck, perils, as we said earlier, of my countrymen, perils of my brethren. You say, well, I can't live a life where everyone, a lot of people are saying something bad about me. You're not going to be a very good Christian then. You can be one, but you can't be a real good one. You can't be a deliverer of other people. You cannot be a great deliverer of other people. You know why? Somebody's going to find fault with the way you do it. Hello? Oh, we've had so many people come out on our soul winning, Brother Farron. And you know what they do? They're not used to soul winning, but they, they come out because they, they, preacher Harvey makes them feel guilty if they don't go out soul winning. Because I think we all ought to go. I don't think I can win them all here at Fort Hood. I need some helpers. Amen? You know what one fellow said? He said, well, I don't like the way you do it. So he quit doing it at all. You know, they come out, and you know what some of them will say? Well, I don't, uh, I don't like it. I'm just going to get after everybody. I know we ought to get out right away, but to tell you the truth, I'm just glad I'm getting out at all. And to tell you the truth, sometimes I'm so weak, I just want to spend about 30 minutes and get charged up with my brothers and my sisters a little bit, have a little fellowship, because I'm going out there to face the dirty devil. That's what soul winning's all about. And we've had others that get, oh, you, you, you take forever, and you never get going, and, and ah! Yes, you, you spend too much time fellowshipping. Yeah. You old, so God made you a critic, I suppose. Don't you know that service people need fellowship? We don't see each other all week long. That's why we come to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. We need each other. You've got these other people come to church. They say, well, I don't really need church. My parents taught me that. I don't really need church. You do too need church. You need help in your head if you don't think you need church. Why are there so many of them around? Because believers need to fellowship with other believers. You need to hear the message I have this morning. Thank you. Amen. You need to hear preaching against the Bunny Club and Sam Station and all these trashy places around here. That so-called dollhouse. Gentlemen's Club. I went by it yesterday and, and it, was four, it was four and five, I mean, cars everywhere at that filthy place. If you hadn't come here this morning, you wouldn't hear preaching against it. Amen? Right? I'm here to save your kids from ending up in those places. They start getting their teenage oats, and I hope Pastor Harvey's face comes up and scares them half to death. Say, oh, if I go in there, the devil's sure going to get me. Oh, amen? God's going to get you for doing such junk. Amen? Imagine all those precious servicemen go out there, all those filthy women out there, all that trash. Praise God, we got church to come to. We talk about the blood and Jesus and preach against those places. Amen? We don't have to tell you what's in there. We just tell you it's a bad place. Stay away from it. Amen? Come to church. Come to choir. Come to the, the services of the Lord. Come to the prayer meetings. They'll make fun of you, but my Savior will be pleased with you. And we're going to make, we may have to be killed ourselves. The, you know, people, if they don't kill you literally, they'll try to kill your testimony. They'll start some lie about you and some woman. Amen? You know, my pastor back, uh, Pastor Eborn, now, he used to be not too beautiful of a Christian. I mean, he wasn't even living a so-called Christian life before he got saved. But when he got saved, he didn't want to go near those places that were bad that he maybe used to frequent. And you know, he, he, you say, I think he went a little extreme. He wouldn't even wave at the women in his church when he drove by. But he's still married to the same woman. <laughs> he's still in the ministry. Hello? Say he's a little overboard. Yes, well, he didn't have happen what uh, dear Russell Bell did when some gossip had something started and there was nothing to it at all. And he had to leave that church. Pastor Eberns never had to leave his church. I went up to the door with my wife one day and uh, Mrs. Ebern was there and Pastor Ebern was, was not there. 
was it? No, no, he was there. And, I, and what it was is, uh, I, uh, she said, uh, well, well, come on in. And, and my wife was way out there, and she didn't even know if my wife was there. And, and I said, well, is your husband here? She said, you think we've changed our standards? Of course he's here. I wouldn't invite you in. <laughs> Amen. Still got the same wife. It's more than I say some, for some ministers. He's still in the ministry. Got a great radio ministry. I think you need to be careful, careful, careful who you have in the car with you. They'll accuse you and it's your daughter. When you're my age, I got such beautiful daughters. You need to pray for me. I almost need to tell my daughter to sit in the back seat lest someone get something started about me. You say, well, that would never happen. It sure happened to Joseph. That's why he was in jail, because some woman tried to seduce him, and he wouldn't sin, and he was lied about, and you can be easily lied about and hated, and they want to kill you or kill your testimony. You better be careful. Amen? You know what Spurgeon said? I bring it up a lot. I'm going to keep bringing it up. Spend very little time with the women. Spend all your time with the men. Uh-huh. Hello? Yes, what pastors do. You know what they do? Some pastors don't have a bit of sense, and they'll counsel. I'm not counseling with your wife, brother, if you come and join our church. No, sir, if I'd counsel with her at all, it, my wife would be sitting right there. Amen. I don't counsel with women. In fact, I stay at the pulpit. I don't want to even go back and, and shake hands with them at the back door. I can tell you a story about some woman who, who uh, came up to me, and I told her just the same thing, uh, how the, uh, the Spurgeon said, this one woman, uh, you, she'd shake your hand, and they'd start rubbing your hand and everything and, and hold your hand excessively. I had that happen at my church. I had all my hair then. I had my teeth then. I still wasn't much good looking. I don't know what you know, my wife even saw in me. But this older woman, she comes up. I just preached this. And I'm at the back door with my wife right over there. And, and she comes up after I preached this and holds my hand and starts rubbing my hand. I wanted to kick her so bad I didn't know what to do. Right in the church house. Right at the back doors. The devil will send some woman to your church to get God's preacher. Amen? Well, I'm not for sale. Had one woman come up here. Oh man, I don't know why I'm getting all this. Well, Joseph got in trouble, didn't he? I had one woman. I stayed at that, that place over at our other church building over there on Elms Road. And this one woman, she came up. She was having trouble with her husband, and she get right up in my face. And my daughter Patty said, "Daddy, if she does that one more time, I'm going to get her." I said, "Get her, girl. Get her." You know, Patty. <laughs> These people are laughing. Patty, I said, "You go get her," but she didn't last long. She was gone. I'll tell you what, if she wants to help have help about her husband, there's my wife. She can talk to her for hours on the phone. She can come, and my wife will spend hours helping her. I don't need to talk to some woman who's having problem with her husband. Amen, Mrs. Hamlin. Amen? Huh? I don't need to talk with any woman whose husband is overseas right at this time. No, sir. I've got my own wife. Amen. I don't need another one. Happy with the one I have. Hello? Say, well, you're going overboard. Pastor Eben went overboard, but as I said, he's still in the ministry. And he's doing fine, and he's an old man now. And I don't go quite that far. I will wave at our people. Amen. But just praise God. And I went over there. I'd never been in that lifestyle. And I'd go over there at Atlantic Beach where they had all the dumps and dives and preach over there. But Pastor Eben wouldn't go over there. Listen, you do what God tells you to do. Amen? And after a while, I thought myself, Pastor Eben's got some wisdom there, and I should have listened. He didn't want us taking our single soldiers over there to the clubs and everything else. If you do it at all, you better do it up on the, uh, on the, uh, the top of your van like we did down here at the Bunny Club when we preached out there. You better be on one side of that thing. Amen? And preaching against such wickedness. You'll be lied about if you're going to be a great deliverer. And Christ was forgiving and merciful and humble. Joseph was forgiving and merciful and humble. Moses was forgiving, merciful, and the Bible says he was the meekest man that ever lived. And then Paul was forgiving and merciful 
and humble after he got saved. And we need to all learn to be more forgiving and more merciful and more humble in our spirit. God hates pride. He'll always hate pride. God is for humility. God is for a contrite and a broken heart he will not despise. God despises the proud look is the first in the abominable things. Right, we have, we're down to the end, the last one. Deliverers must suffer. Christ was emptied of pride and selfishness. Christ was emptied of pride and selfishness. Now, in every one of us here this morning, every one of us, there's selfishness. In every one of us, there is selfishness, but there is no selfishness in my Jesus. He came to lay down his life. And we all have a problem with pride. Some have more of a problem than others. God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the lowly and the humble. Joseph was emptied of pride and selfishness. Moses was very much emptied of pride and selfishness. Paul was emptied of pride and selfishness after he got saved. And you and I better learn to be emptied of pride and selfishness. It's just born in you. I want that. Some are worse than others, but we all have some of that in us. That's mine. Act like little babies. Do you know some Christians, some sheep, act like little babies? That's mine. Come on now. And we should be emptied of pride and selfishness. We should say, I'll let him have it. I don't need it. Let them have the glory. I don't care anything about it. I'll just stay in the background and I'll pray. Nobody needs to hear my name. Oh, may God help us to just be emptied of self. We're finished now. Sermon's over, but now it's your turn to live it. Now it's my turn to live it. And ask God to help us, for we're all going to suffer. How many, how many of you have really suffered in the last six months in some area in your life? I'd like to see your hand. I have. I have. Maybe your heart was broken. Maybe you felt like you were mistreated, talked about something else, you know. But you, some of you couldn't raise your hand. Well, just wait a couple of years and we'll see your hand rise up. See, we're either coming out of a storm or we're in a storm or we're going to have a storm in our life. Amen? We're either coming out of suffering or we're in suffering or we're going to be suffering pretty soon. Because that's the life of a Christian. It may be in your body. It may be uh, you're brokenhearted over the way people treated you. Just do like Paul. He said, I die daily. I am crucified with Christ. Some of us need to die daily. We all need to die daily. Some of us don't die monthly. Can you imagine the heartbreak of Joseph after he'd already been in, in jail, in the dungeon? And he said, would you remember me? He gave the proper interpretation that God gave to him of both of their dreams. And he said, remember me. And it says, after two full years, not two full weeks, not two full months, after two full years... The butler says, oh, I remember my error when Pharaoh had his dream. I forgot a fellow. He told me my dream, and that's why I'm back on the job here, being your cupbearer. Pharaoh, you need to find out. That fellow interpreted my dream, and I believe he could interpret your dream, and I forgot about him for two whole years. <laughs> but the Lord didn't forget Joseph. 
And when it was time, when the word was to be taken and fulfilled, praise God, God brought him out of the prison to the palace. But sometimes it's just time to suffer. Time to suffer. Say, well, I can't take that suffering. I'm going to do like some of my friends. I'm going to go out and kill myself. That's wicked. That's selfish. That's stupid. That's satanic. Taking your own life. No, you should never do that. Don't ever think about taking your own life. God giveth life, God taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You're supposed to want to live as long as God lets you live. Because He's promised a blessing to those that honor their father and mother, that they may live long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. It's a blessing to live a long time, a long life. Don't you be taking your own life. You despair to the point, then just turn yourself over to God again. And realize that others have gone through those sufferings and trials that you've gone through. And the Lord will be your, your, he'll be your friend. We preached the other week on Jesus is my best friend. And if you're saved, he's your best friend too. You just need to realize that Jesus is not just my friend. He was a friend of Abraham. The friend of God. Thy friend forever. And he's my friend. Glory to God. I told that little fellow that I was able to talk to about Jesus and Donnie. I think he got saved. All the other kids around us uh, yesterday over there near Brother Hugh Wall's house. And, uh, and I said, you know, I don't know if it was him or someone else there. I said, you know, Jesus is my very best friend. He's my best friend. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. He's my friend forever. May God help us. To realize we're going to have to suffer in this life. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we thank thee for thy word. Bless it, we pray. Speak to our hearts. Encourage us in the things of thyself. Dear Lord, help us to realize that life is filled with discouragements, even for the righteous. We think of Job along with Joseph. And dear Lord, they were surely in the family of God. And yet they were called upon to suffer greatly. Even Joseph was gone 20-some years from his family, brothers, and, and his father. Dear Lord, help us to realize that we may be called upon to suffer greatly. But Lord, you said that you were with Joseph, and you'll be with us. We thank thee for it.